Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. This is one of our co-hosts, Peter Bell, and we are on Belgic Confession, article number 18 on the Incarnation, part of our Catechism Saturday series. But before we start this week's episode, make sure you've tuned into this Monday's podcast where Nick and I talk through season four of episode nine on covenant theology and the church, part of our Reformed Church series. How does our understanding, our doctrine of covenant theology actually form and shape the way we do church and structure church. And then this Thursday, we had book club with Dr. Eric Tolley of Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. He's one of their Old Testament professors on his new Baker academic book, Reading the Prophets as Christian Scripture. So how do we read the 12 prophets, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, all of these people, all of these in the Old Testament, in lights of the whole canon, so all New Testament, Old Testament, and also in light of the finished work of Jesus Christ. How does this inform our reading of the prophets? So let's get started. Article number 18 on the incarnation. So then we confess that God fulfilled the promise which he had made to the early fathers by the mouth of his holy prophets when he sent his only and eternal son into the world at the time set by him. The son took the form of a servant and was made in likeness of man truly assuming a real human nature with all its weaknesses except for sin. Being conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit without male participation, and he not only assumed human nature as far as the body is concerned, but also a real human soul, in order that he might be a real human being. For since the soul has been lost as well as the body, he had to assume them both to save them both together. Therefore, we confess against the heresy of the Anabaptists, who deny that Christ assumed human flesh from his mother, that he shared the very flesh and blood of children, that he is fruit of the loins of David, according to the flesh, born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, fruit of the womb of the Virgin Mary, born of a woman, the seed of David, a shoot from the, shoot, a shoot from the root of Jesse, the offspring of Judah, having descended from the Jews, according to the flesh, from the seed of Abraham, for he assumed Abraham's seed and was made like his brothers, except for sin. In this way, he is truly our Emmanuel, that is God with us. So it starts as the last article ends, kind of assumingly, but this is also helpful for determining our context when it comes to Article 18. If you remember from last week, Article 17 ends, born of a woman, promise to give him this son, born of a woman, to crush the head of the serpent, and to make him blessed. And then article 18 begins. So then we confess that God fulfilled this promise. You can almost translate it. God fulfilled this promise, which he had made to the early fathers. One of those being, or the first one being Adam, later on with Moses, later, or later on with Noah, later on with Abraham, later on with Moses, the patriarchs to follow by the mouth of his holy prophets. So this promise first given to Adam and Eve, primarily to Adam as the, as the head of this covenant's mediatorship, is then repeated over and over and over again in much the same language to those following Adam in the likeness in the form of Adam. And then this gives us when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was incarnated, born of the Virgin Mary, another one in the line of Adam whom Paul calls in 1 Corinthians, all throughout 1 Corinthians, 
especially in verse 15, or especially in chapter 15, in Romans 5, throughout his epistles in Hebrews and Revelation, calls him the second Adam, calls him the last Adam. So this promise given in Genesis 3 to the first Adam, this one who looks like the one to come, we have to view it that way versus looking at Christ as, oh, this is like Adam. No, Adam is like Christ, points to Christ. And so this promise given is just repeated and repeated and repeated over and over again, that someone's going to come in the likeness of their flesh, and someone has come in the likeness of the flesh. And as you heard, Guy Debray, after quotes, after quotes, after quotes, after quote of scripture, is talking about this one who's born of true human flesh. A truly human person was born of another truly human person. A human female bore the human male savior, a true and real human being with a real human soul. And I think all too often, it's very easy for us to think that Christ is some divinized human being. He's just something that looks like a human. He's really spiritual. And so we, therefore, have to be really spiritual. We have to deny all flesh, not understand ourselves as any part of human, not really see ourselves as true human flesh, because we don't really see Christ as true human flesh. But as Debray is at pains to show in this, he must be a truly human being with a true human body and a true human soul, though not of human seed, if you notice what he says there, born of the womb by the power of the spirit. So the seed of the spirit in the womb of a truly human being. And he must be this, that he might be a real human being, body and soul, to save them both together. And there's this famous heresy that if you heard Dr. R. Scott Clark talk about the celestial flesh heresy, where Christ only appears to be flesh, but he's really only spirit. And if he's really only spirit, he can do nothing for our human body. He can do nothing for our soul. But because he is true human and true God from the seed of David, from the seed of Abraham, promised from Adam throughout the Old Testament, fulfilled the New Testament, we have a true human being who is incarnated of another being. And as it ends... In this way, he is truly our Emmanuel, that is God with us. The one was without sin, as 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, made as sin for us, took upon our sin, though he himself had none. And he could, because he's a true human, because God cannot take human sin. Only a human can take on human sin. And so he must be made human to save us who are humans. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast, where we talked through Belgian Confession, article number 18 on the incarnation. Make sure you tune into next Monday, where Nick and I will talk through season four, episode 10 on the solas of the Reformation, those five famous solas that I'm sure you guys have heard about. We'll talk through those more at depth as it relates to the Reformed Church. And the next Thursday, we'll have Book Club with Dr. Graham Cole, another professor who's actually an emeritus professor, a retired professor of Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. So two of them in a row on his new Crossway book, Glorification, which is part of the Short Studies in Systematic Theology series. And make sure if you guys haven't yet heard, we are starting a church plant, hopefully starting in the summer with real, real services under the oversight and accountability of Oceanside United Reformed Church 
and Reverend Danny Hyde. So if you guys want to be a part of this work and you live in Santa Ana or are moving in Santa Ana, if you know somebody in the Santa Ana area, please contact me at santaanareformed at gmail.com. We meet on Sundays at 4 p.m. for a Bible study and then following a 5.30 p.m. fellowship dinner. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and we will see you again next week. Bye.